Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. The Lord is my rock. Psalms chapter 18 and verse 2. Someone said, you know, to their friend, they're talking about food and A lot of times people talk about food, what tastes good, what doesn't taste good, what's expensive, what's inexpensive. And he said, hey, why do moon rocks taste better than earth rocks? He scratched his head and he said, I don't know, is it it because a moon rock is a little meteor? (laughs) Someone said, never date a rock. Why? Because they'll take you for granted. <sighs> you know who Dwayne Johnson is? Well, I was, I was shopping at the Hallmark store. And Dwayne Johnson cornered me in the corner of that store. He said, what happened? Well, I was caught between a rock and a card place. <laughs> I like to preach, though, on the thought of a message, bad jokes. No, I like to preach on the thought of a message, big rocks. The Lord is my rock. So one day, this expert was speaking to a group of business students. And I'm told this is a true story taught by Stephen Covey and, or, or, or explained by Stephen Covey, who's a writer. And to drive home a point, he used an illustration that I'm sure those students will never forget. This man stood in front of the group of these high-powered overachievers, and I think it was a master's in business class, an MBA class. And he stopped, and he said, time for a quiz. You know, Jesus always did that, too. He gave gave a lesson, but then he gave the quiz. He pulled out a one-gallon wide mouth mason jar, one of those big glass jars. Then he produced, he set it on the table, and then he got out about a dozen big fist-sized rocks, and he put them into the jar until the jar was filled to the top, and he tried to put any more rocks in, and they were, they were just, they wouldn't fit in there. He looked to the class and he said, is this jar full? And so everyone in the class looked at the jar full of those big rocks and said, yes. He said, really? And so he went under the table and he produced some smaller, more pebble-sized rocks. Like gravel. Come on out, bud. Then he dumped some of the gravel in. And he shook the jar. And the gravel began to go down in between the rocks. Then he smiled and asked the group once more, Is this jar full? Well, this by the time this, the class was on to him, right? They're like, probably not, right? So he said, good. And then he reached under the table and he brought out what? A bucket of playground sand. 
And he began to dump the sand into that one-gallon jar, and the sand began to fill the spaces. And he shook the jar back and forth, and it began to go down and fill the spaces in between the big rocks and those pebble-sized rocks. Until it was all the way full to the brim. He looked at his students again, and he says, Is this jar full? Well, now the class was on to him, right? They're like, No! Then he goes under and he gets what? Water. And he takes the water and he begins to pour the water. And that water begins to fill uh, all of the little cracks between the sand and the pebbles and the big rocks. He looked up to the class and he said, what is the point of this illustration? And one guy raised his hand, right? He said, these are business students. He said, the point is no matter how full your schedule is, if you try really hard, you can always, you know, fit some more things into it, you know. And the the teacher said, no. (laughs) That's not the point. The truth of this illustration teaches us if you don't put the big rocks in first. You'll never get them in at all. And I like to preach on the thought of a message, big rocks, because I believe and I want to look at three big rocks today. And the Bible says that Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So what did Jesus say? He said, you've got to, he was teaching the same lesson as the man was into those business administration students. He said, you've got to put the important things, the big rocks in the jar first. Now, if the jar is a metaphor for our life, I want to look at three big rocks today. Three big rocks that I would encourage each one of us, including myself. You know those preachers? They like to talk to like you and they don't include them. Well, brethren, I include myself because you know what? I need God and I need the promises of God probably more than you do because I've not only got to have them in my life, but I've got to stand on them. Then I've got to tell other people it's going to work out if you trust God. So I know exactly what I'm talking about. I also have to ask forgiveness if I treat my wife rough. You know, when preachers get all like ready to preach and they're all wound up, they can, they can be like that billy goat that's gruff. And so, man, I'm like, I want to apologize. Have you ever get, you know, in a disagreement, you don't want to apologize? You're like waiting for them to apologize? No? you never done that before? I was doing that. I was doing that. I was like, no, she needs to apologize for something. I don't even know what for, but just something. Make me feel good. And I'm like, okay, it's me. You know, but I'm thankful that when God, we go, God doesn't need to apologize to us. We need to apologize to God. And you know that the first rock that we need to put into our life, the Bible says in Psalms 18 and verse 2, the Lord is my rock. So we want to look at the things of God for three different points. The first one is the rock, the big rock of faith in Jesus Christ. The big rock 
of faith in Jesus Christ. You know that there are times that Jesus marveled. And we know to marvel means that you're just like, whoa! Like they say, you know, try to watch this video and not laugh. Try to watch, and you know, you watch these, some of these videos that people put on or some America's Got Talent or something and you're like, whoa, how could that eight-year-old sing like that? Or how could that 10-year-old do the gymnastics or something? And you're just like, whoa, what is that? Marveling. So there were times that Jesus marveled. We read about, you know when Jesus marveled? It had to do with faith both times. So when there was a centurion, and uh, the centurion, he said, hey, my servant is sick. He said, don't even have to come. And I'm paraphrasing. He said, I'm a man under authority. I tell one person, come, and he comes. And someone else, go, and he goes. He said, just speak the word only. Just command my servant to be healed. You know, he believed in the internet. He believed in the airwaves, right? And you know what? Jesus, the Bible says, when Jesus heard it in Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, he marveled. And if you want to get God's attention, trust him. And it said, to them that followed, Jesus turned around. You know, so, I mean, you're like, whoa. And then you turn around to everybody that's around you. That's what Jesus did. He turned around to the people that followed him. He said, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And the other time Jesus marveled is because those people that knew him, those people from his homies, were the, you know, the people that he grew up around. The Bible said that they didn't believe in him. And the Bible said in Mark chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. So Jesus will pay attention to faith in him. And if you want to get God's attention, if you want to impress God, trust him. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus with his disciples, he said, Whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And if you've ever been on social media, everyone has an opinion, right? People will say, say, preacher, but I have a question. I'll look it up on the internet. You'll find any answer that you want, okay? And uh, so the people said, well, some say that thou art John the Baptist. Jesus wasn't John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elias, Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or Jeremiah. So Jesus, you're Jeremiah, you're Elijah, or one of the prophets. Pick one. Jesus must be Isaiah, and Jesus must be uh, Malachi, and Jesus must be Haggai. And so there were all kinds of people saying all kinds of things about Jesus and who he was. But then he said, whom say ye that I am? Now, this is an important question for all of us, because what someone else says, you know, everyone has opinions on everybody else, don't they? You know, someone will say, well, I like this political party. And they say, well, I like this political party. And someone will say, I like, we're in the South, right? I like this NASCAR driver. No, no, this is my driver. I like this NASCAR driver. And someone will say, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, no, the Miami Hurricanes. Well, I like, uh, my daughter and I joke about this because we don't, can't name a single player. But my daughter will say, I like the Seminoles. <laughs> she doesn't even know. Well, any players from the Seminoles or the Gators or the Georgia Bulldogs. Those are all those things are opinions. And other people have opinions. But you know what really counts is what we think about Jesus. And his, one of his followers named Peter, 
He said, thou art the Christ. Now, I like that because you'd see Peter had thought about. Now, Peter, he spoke his mind. He, he had no filter on him, right? He just took the filter right off. Have you ever done that? Take the filter off the AC and just like let the air go right up in there. Now, Peter just spoke with no filter. He had no parental controls. And you know what? Have you ever done that? One preacher said people, some people have, must have peppermint flavored socks, right? Because they stick their foot in their mouth all the time, right? But Peter, in this case, I like that he was a man that just kind of called it like he saw it. And the Bible said, he said, thou art the Christ, meaning the Messiah, meaning the king, meaning the anointed one. And then he said, the son of the living God. You know, reading in the Old Testament, the son of God is not just a New Testament thing. I was reading the Old Testament book of Daniel, and it talked about one like the son of man came to the ancient of days. What is that? Jesus, the son, the second person in the Godhead and the first person in the Godhead, which is the father. They were both there in the same scripture. The Bible said when the men were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace, the Bible said that there was there were three thrown in and then they looked down in there. There weren't three anymore. There were four. And it said the fourth was like unto not God, the father, not the Holy Ghost, but like the Son of God. You see, Jesus Christ is not just in the New Testament or the Old Testament. He said, before Abraham was, I am. That Jesus Christ has always been around, and Peter acknowledged it. He said, you are the Son of the living God. Now, I like what Jesus said. He said, man, you are blessed, Simon Bar-Jonah. He said, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Know that everybody here can receive a revelation. And some people have a revelation and it has to do with their diet or it has to do with a kind of car that they want to buy. But you know what? I'm talking about a real biblical revelation. And he said here that flesh and blood didn't reveal that to Peter, but it was God in heaven. I, I remember coming to church and I was listening to the preacher preach and God in heaven revealed something to me. And you know what it was? I was a sinner. <laughs> I didn't like that revelation. I was just sitting down. I was in the Marine Corps. I wasn't even a good sinner. I mean, I was the guy that was not the life of the party. I was the guy that didn't get the girl. You know, it's like at the end of the, the country song, you know, you get the girl and you get your trailer and you get your horse. And uh, no, actually, no, that's, that's not right. You have to play the country song backwards. <laughs> you lose all that stuff in the country song. You play the country song backwards. You get the girl and you get the horse and you get the trailer and you get everything else. But you know what? I wasn't a cool guy. But God revealed something unto me. He said, you're missing this big rock in your life. You're missing the rock of Jesus Christ. You're missing the rock of trusting him. And I didn't like it. You know, sometimes we get a revelation and we don't like it. You ever open up your checking account? Hey, what happened? I opened up my checking account one time. I think this was, I went into the bank, pre-internet, okay? But I did have a debit card. I'm not that old, okay? But I went into a Washington Mutual branch in Washington State. And I don't know if I was married or not, but I went in there and I checked my balance. And you know what they told me? My balance had a bad attitude. <laughs> my balance was negative. I didn't know you could have a negative balance in a checking account. No one knows what I'm talking about. It was like minus $60. 
And I thought that was credit cards. This was my checking account. Now I know what a credit card is. This was my checking account. And I went and talked to the teller and I said, how do I have a minus in my checking account? Because if I went, I'd get money from the ATM and they would just give me money, right? So I figured when I got down to zero, they would stop. Do you know that they didn't stop? They just kept giving me money. And you know what they do after they keep giving you money and you don't have any more left? It's called an overdraft fee. Then they start charging you a lot of extra money. And they said, well, sir, that's on your account. I said, take it off. I don't want that anymore. And I want to pay them back that extra money. But you know what? I realized I was in overdraft when I came to church. There was a revelation that I needed my life to change. And Jesus Christ, at the end of that service, the preacher came and talked to me, thank God. But I invited Jesus Christ into my life. I put the big rock of trust in Jesus Christ. Notice what he said. For and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. The translation of Peter from the Greek is Petros, which means a rock. And upon this rock, now not Peter, God doesn't build his church on any man. God builds his church on himself. Now it was a different word from the Greek. Upon this rock, what? Petra, which means this big, huge, immovable stone, right? I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail Against it. You know, the currency we use as Christians is not United States dollars or silver dollars or, or gold coins. The currency Christians really use is faith. That's what's recognized by Jesus. I, when I was in Hong Kong, I've shared this. I used to live in Hong Kong and they had these exclusive clubs. This isn't something I whole, know a whole lot about because my parents had a lot of money, but this is something I know a, lot of, a little bit about because I had friends whose parents had a lot of money. So my friend was from Pakistan. He probably still is, because that's where he was from. So Omar, my buddy from high school, he took me to the American club. I wasn't a member of the American club, and I'm American. He was a member of the American club, and he was from Pakistan. So go figure that out, okay? But so uh, he, he came, we came in, I think we got some Sundays, like some, some desserts or something like that. But the club didn't accept money. There was no currency that was exchanged there. You ever been to a club like that? You just walk in. They don't want your money. I had money. I, was, I had taken money so that we could go get something to eat. And uh, it's not that the price was so great or not great. It was that they didn't operate by that. So at the end of the, the, end of the, the meal, they brought him the, the check. And he had a membership card, right? And what do you do? He signed his name. And they probably put something like his membership number. And it went on his father's account because he was a member there because of his dad and you know i thought about that that's exactly how it works with jesus christ jesus christ doesn't want money that's not what works we don't we don't uh by we, we're not redeemed by silver or gold we're not redeemed by the things of this life but with the precious blood of jesus christ it's our faith in jesus christ that gives us a currency it pays our bills if you please faith can't pay bills preacher it took $5,000 off my daughter's hospital bill. Faith pays bills. But trusting in Jesus Christ is a big rock. And the, the trust of Jesus Christ, the big rock, will build a church. And if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ, I'll preach it, but I've been to church. But if you've put Jesus Christ as that big rock first into your life. You know, you never know how much stuff you have until you move, right? 
Like, how much stuff do you have? Ah, I live in a small place, not that much. Go ahead and move. You won't believe. I moved every few years growing up. I think someone actually wrapped a trash can. You know, I, I don't know if it was in our place or someone else's place, but the, build, the movers came in and they were moving, right? And they wrapped the trash can with trash in it and put it in a box and shipped it, right? But they, when we moved, we've moved even several times since I've been married, and you're like, where's all this stuff come from? And you're pulling stuff out of your closet. I didn't even know we had this. And then you've got your graveyard, right? Where's the graveyard for your appliances? You're pulling out all these appliances that you haven't used. Like, hey, honey, look. And it's like going shopping, right? But you know, when you move in your life and you've got all these rocks and then you get this pebble gravel and all this sand, when you dump that bucket out, it might seem like a lot, brethren, but that's exactly what you got to do. You've got to dump your life out and say, God, I'm emptying out everything and I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ like a big rock first into my new life. That's what real repentance is. God, I'm going to let you be in control and God, I'm going to let my life change with you being in there first. Trust Jesus, the big rock of faith, because the big rock of faith builds a church and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's a solid rock. The next one is the rock. So we have a rock of faith, but the rock of obedience. The rock of obedience. In the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about two different types of people. Two different types. And he said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So it's not just the confession of Lord, Lord. It says, But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So God separates again. He said, yes, I want you to confess me with your mouth, but I want you to serve me with your life. That obedience. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? So that means they were preachers, right? They were ones that told mysteries. And in thy name have cast out devils, that means they've done miracles. So you can do miracles without Jesus Christ? Obviously. And in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, listen and do with them. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and we live in Florida and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not for it was founded upon a Rock. You know why trailers are so dangerous in Florida? Well, they're easier to build, right? They're cheaper to purchase. And you know, maybe the other kind of man that said, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. Which means there was no foundation. They didn't, I don't think they had trailers back then. And I'm not knocking trailers, but this is exactly what this man did. He's like, well, I don't want to wait for the building permits. I'm just going to go and just kind of throw my house up on the sand. And then it said the same storm, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it said, and it fell 
and great was the fall of it. Now, there's a lot of things that buffer our life and there's a lot of things that come against us. Do you remember the story about the three little pigs? The three little pigs and there was a big bad wolf, right? Well, brethren, whether the big bad wolf is the enemy or circumstances, it depends on our house if we're going to survive. What type of house? So the first little pig, what did he build his house out of? Straw, right? And the, the big bad wolf came and he said, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff. And what did he say? I'm going to blow your house down. And he did. And that little pig, he ran to his uh, other brother pig's house and his had built his house out of sticks, right? And the wolf came and he said, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and blow your house down. And he did. And those two little pigs went to their other brother's house. He must have just got dust just done getting the permits and the refrigerator from, you know, all the backlog of the supply chain, right? And the Bible, or the Bible, the story says he came and he tried to huff and he tried to puff and blow that third pig's house down. You know that he couldn't because he built it out of bricks, didn't he? And it was like a stone house that he could not blow over. And that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, you put the big rock of obedience to God. You know that it's an amazing thing. Whether God wants you, have you ever known that God wanted you to do something? And you maybe didn't even feel comfortable doing it. But God, I use myself as an example. God wanted me to ask for forgiveness for my wife. This morning. Does it seem like I do that a lot? My goodness. I'm just being honest though, okay? But we don't stay mad at each other. We ask for forgiveness. And you know what? If you're married, that's one of the things. There's a secret power in a relationship that you've got to keep communication going. And if you don't like someone, you're not going to talk to them. But if you have something against someone... You're not going to talk to them. You might text them, but you're not going to talk to them. Man, if you email them, you don't really like them. You don't even want them to get immediate notifications. Like, email! Ha-ha! Get that in 24 hours, right? Send them a letter, right? But they live in your house, right? It'll take three days. <laughs> but that obedience, say, God, I know I need to do this. And you know, God can't make us do anything but that big rock of obedience, when you put it in there, there's a lot of times that I haven't felt like doing something. Man, there's times I haven't felt like preaching. There's times I haven't felt like reading my Bible. There's definitely times I haven't felt like praying. There's times I haven't felt like witnessing. My wife knows this, though. If I'm ever crabby, what's the best thing that could happen to me? Go talk to someone about Jesus. If I'm ever crabby and I'm, you know, there's no dog to kick in my house. Not that I would abuse a dog, okay? There's, I probably have thrown stuffed animals down the stairs just for fun because it irks my daughter and I like it. And then she gets, responds, and she throws my pillow down the stairs and won't get it. <laughs> she will. And let me tell you, I have a, like an old man pillow that's like contoured, you know, one of those old man, you know, like the, this, the foam pillow. And I can't sleep with another pillow very well. And she won't get it. She's like, mm-hmm, see how you like that, right? But my wife knows if I'm grumpy, if I can just find someone to talk to about Jesus. And it's a really, someone calls or someone, and then it just, it's like a big bubble burst. And it's like God reminds me, man, if I just do what God wants me to do, everything's going to work out. My heart's going to have peace. It's a big rock of obedience. And, and I say that because you see a lot of times what God wants us to do, it seems like it's impossible and things won't work out if we do it. You say, God, it'll just fall apart. But it's much the opposite, isn't it? 
It won't fall apart. Things will work out if we do what God wants us to do. You see, God's got the control of the world. God's got the control of the economy. God's got control of all the blessings. The Bible says, he said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't even tell you. He said, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. He said, I'm the one who owns it all. One preacher said this. He said, God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Could you like kill one of them and sell it for us? I mean, we need some help here. You know that I believe God will do exactly that. When we trust him, we trust him with our life. We trust him with our family. We trust him with our finances. And just watch God pour out a blessing that you don't even have room to receive it. You know, that I've had that in my life. And I've told my wife, I said, like, you know, sometimes God will pour us out a blessing. And we literally don't have room to receive it. We don't have, it's not money, okay, but just, a, it didn't say money. It said, I'll pour you out a blessing. And it's like, we don't have enough. Like sometimes Brother Junor will bring food. And he's like, Pastor, this is for you. And I'm like, what am I going to do with two boxes of food? Thank you, brother. I mean, it's a real blessing. I'm going to use this as an example. What do you do? Figure it out. <laughs> I've, I've knocked at neighbor's doors. I mean, I mean, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to eat three cakes. I mean, I could, you know, but I mean, brother would bring so much stuff and I'm just like, and we first, you know, ask people at church and then they take some and I've still got like a box and a half and I've got three dozen donuts. I'm just making this up. But it was like that much stuff, cakes and cookies. And, and so I remember once I went and knocked on my neighbor's door, like, and just had a box full of food. I'm like, hi. And, I, and they opened the door and I'm like, well, you want some? He goes, oh, and he was like, want to take one thing? I'm like, no, take it all. Just be a blessing and, and, and we can spread out the blessing. What are you doing? You don't have enough room to receive it, man. I can share. I've got some extra joy. I've got some extra peace because God has blessed my life. Why? I'm obedient to God. I'm obedient. It's the rock of obedience. It's a big rock. And the third rock and the last rock my wife comes to the piano, is the big rock of possession. It's like, we don't own Jesus Christ. Well, yes and no. He's still God, right? How big is God? He's so big that the, the heaven of heavens can't contain him. The heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. But how small is God? He's so small that he can fit in my heart. In that one-gallon mason jar, God can fit. Right in my heart. Because he's, you see, the Bible said, my God, it said in Psalms chapter 18 and verse 2, the Lord is my rock. It's personal. The Apostle Paul said this. He said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus, of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, excrement, that I may win Christ. He said, I want Jesus more than anything. The Bible said that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and that shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead shalt be saved because you see that possession of Jesus Christ that's the greatest possession that's the only eternal possession and brethren say preacher you can't take it with you when you go 
You know, I preached a kind of a memorial service. I said, you can't take it with you when you go, right? Naked you came into this world and naked you leave. But you know, that's not really true. You know that you can take something with you when you go? And first of all, it's memories. All of the memories that you have, you can take those with you when you go. But more importantly, what you can take with you when you go, and this is the, the big rock that we're talking about today. The Lord is my rock. Because Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall in no wise pass away. And he said, lo, I am with you, even until the ends of the earth. But you know what's more true than that? If something could be more true than the word of God. The apostle Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He said, when I leave here, I'm not leaving Jesus because he's going to go with me. And then I'm thankful that Jesus Christ, he is something. And really, that relationship with Jesus is the only thing that we can take with us when we go big rocks with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around in reverence to the Lord. Lord, this morning I've preached your word, but Lord, there's a big rock of faith. And you know that if we need to trust God for something today, reach out and trust him. And there's a big rock of obedience. If we need to do something, let's do it. Put the big rock of obedience in our life. Put it in there first. And if we need that big rock of possession, that I may win Christ, that the Lord would be my rock, not just the preacher's rock or the brother's rock or the sister's rock or, or that one that goes to church or this one that I knew or my mother or my father or even what I used to be. The Lord used to be my rock. No, the Lord is. He's my rock now. And I want him now. And put that rock of possession in your jar, the jar of your life. Let's find a place to pray. Father, I preach your word. Lord, have your way in our hearts and our lives. These altars are open. An altar is a meeting place with God. You have a need in your life. Come and receive a need met by God. Reach out to God in faith. Say, God, I have a need in my life. Brethren, I have so many needs. I could baffle you with them or I could bring them to the Lord. Sometimes I don't know what to do, but I know of my call on Jesus. Jesus can do something. Jesus can make a difference. Jesus can bring us from darkness into light. He can bring us from death to life. And he can bring you from where you are now all the way to heaven. He will never leave you. He can keep you from falling. And he'll direct you every step of the way. The Lord is my rock.
our sincere prayer but my prayer is that you would have some big rocks in your life the rock of faith in Jesus Christ the rock of obedience to Jesus Christ and that rock that rock of possession make Jesus your Jesus that's my Jesus like someone's they see their child playing that's my boy that's my daughter that's my Jesus like Paul said, whose I am and whom I serve, he's mine. And God can make a difference in our lives and in our situation. He's a deliverer. And you can trust him. Lord, I preached your word. I pray that you do what we can't do. And Lord, that you will minister unto the real needs. That you will answer prayers. And Lord, that the end of it, that the redeemed of the Lord would say so. That they would tell someone else about the delivering power of Jesus Christ. And about how he works out real problems according to his glory. And we give you the glory and the praise. And God, you're working even now. God is working even now in Jesus' name. God bless you. You are dismissed.